0: Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buker. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buker. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I'm Rick Buker. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me on the Fox Sports app and at foxsports.com. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. a lot of places but there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else primarily but not exclusively involving the nba and that is here so there's a lot to get into in this podcast ime udoka and the boston celtics as promised brett Favre and questions about why his story didn't receive anywhere close to the attention the udoka saga did and of course Ben Simmons calling me out on JJ Reddick's Old Man in the Three podcast for saying I was told he dropped off a team chat between games three and four in the playoffs when someone asked him if he was playing in game four. But let's start with Udoka. I don't know if the state of sports journalism has ever been exposed more clearly than by the reporting on Udoka's year-long suspension by the Boston Celtics for having an affair with a female member of the organization. I'm including commentary by TV talk show hosts as part of this, even though I don't consider that aspect of sports coverage as journalism, any more than I would categorize debates in a bar or the stands as journalism. And I include myself, when i'm appearing on tv shows discussing sports as with the ben simmons report i didn't put that through the same rigors i would if i were writing it as a report for foxsports.com it was something i was told from someone in the nets organization i found it interesting i thought it was worth adding to the conversation i framed it as such but i'll get to that in a minute i knew the Udoka reporting was flawed from the start based on what I was hearing. The involvement of a Celtics senior VP in the drama and Udoka having an affair with someone in the organization got conflated into him having an affair with someone at the VP level. That's how Allison Feaster, VP of Player Development, got her name run out there as being the woman Udoka had the affair with she wasn't i'm not going to go further than that because even though i don't always hold the content i provide here on the podcast to the standards of journalism to really understand what went on with odoka and the affair when the celtics found out what motivated them to suspend him for a year without assurance he will be back with the team when the suspension is over Whether, as I've heard, there were other females in the organization that Odoka may have at least approached, you would either have to have been there or have witnesses to all the many interactions and decisions that were made along the way. If you're not getting all this from, say, Brad Stevens, then my guess is you're not hearing everything. And I assure you, Brad Stevens is not the source for what's being put out there or has been put out there. And getting all of that doesn't happen with a few texts and phone calls, no matter how many people you know in the organization. I take that back. If you knew five or six at various different levels that had either experience or insight into what transpired with EME, then maybe. But that clearly wasn't what was going on. There wasn't enough time to be able to contact and get the lowdown from that many people based on how quickly it was reported. And that's what resulted in the reporting going as sideways as it did with the affair first being referred to as consensual then being identified as non-consensual on the part of the woman. That's a huge distinction. You can't get that wrong. And... The ease with which players, coaches, agents, and teams will leak information to shade a report in their favor, particularly if the prevailing view of a story is not favorable, makes me skeptical of everything other than Udoka had an affair with at least one person in the organization. That I feel safe in saying. Now, let's be clear. Udoka is to blame for everything that has transpired. He broke team rules. The argument over who leaked the story in the first place is not only pure conjecture, it's pointless. The story got out. Stories generally do. I was reminded of one instance in which a prominent coach, NBA coach, was fired after it was discovered he had slept with the wife of one of the team's minority owners. The minority owner threatened to make the story public if the coach wasn't fired. He went to the majority owner and made that case. The coach was fired, and the story never saw the light of day. Now, I doubt that would happen today. I doubt you could make that claim, and it wouldn't get out in short order. If I were to call out the Boston Celtics for how they've handled this situation, and many people have, it would only be for suspending Udoka and not firing him. They've put him in a very difficult position, and I suspect it is to protect themselves. Not in a legal sense, but a competitive one. If interim coach Joe Mazzula is a failure, and the players on the team want Udoka back, they are reserving the right to be able to bring him back. That isn't standing up for your principles. That's making the application of justice and your principles conditional. This is going to sound like a funny reference, but it reminds me of the latest Bachelorette. Now, I find the show ridiculous. I don't watch it. But my wife watches it, and I ended up watching part of it with her because we agreed to watch the final episode of Stranger Things 4 to perfectly transparent that's something that I have been watching with my wife we were going to watch it when she was done watching the end of this particular bachelorette episode and it was toward the end of the this particular season one of the two bachelorettes Rachel found out that the bachelor she chose Tino had cheated on her during the weeks between choosing him and the filming of the final episode She asked him on the show. They had Tino come on the show or they had video of her first, not on the actual set, but a segment where she asked him to explain what happened. What led him to cheat on her. Which he did. But she didn't want to accept what he was telling her. She suggested he was trying to blame her. He said he wasn't. That he took responsibility, but that he was trying to descri- describe his frame of mind. And that frame of mind was shaped by the thought that she was breaking up with him. He said it was a mistake. He said he hoped she'd take him back. And she kept saying, I deserve answers first. She was getting answers. They just weren't acceptable to her. Or maybe she didn't care what the answer was. She just wanted to see him twist in the wind. In any case, she was torturing the dude on national TV and it absolutely galled me that the audience, including previous bachelorettes, were siding with her. Maybe I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was. I was disappointed. If what he did was unacceptable, I mean, in no way unacceptable, who needs an explanation? She simply needed to say it's unacceptable and it's over. She didn't do that until her second choice showed up on the set and she went off with him. That's when she finally, and this was, they actually had the dude on the set. I mean, I give him kudos. I guess he was trying to salvage his reputation, but I I thought he said as much as he could. And this is more than I thought I would ever talk about The Bachelorette ever to anyone at any time but the reason I'm telling you that is because that's what the Celtics are doing to Udoka the Celtics are Rachel Udoka is Tino if what Udoka did was unacceptable end it and they haven't the tough part for Udoka is he can't move forward just as Tino couldn't Now, if there's a way to prove that the affair was consensual, then I imagine someone else will hire Udoka. He's a really good coach. But I don't know how he does that in today's climate if it stands that it was non-consensual, if it was sexual harassment. I'm not sure he comes back from that. The issue I have with Stephen A. Smith and everyone else who debated Who was more wronged by the story coming to light? Udoka or the woman? And I shouldn't say just Stephen A. I should say everybody involved with... I believe it's First Take is is the show. Everybody involved with that. The entire premise of the conversation is that we're working off of presumptions on who leaked the story. This is killing the messenger. The issue got diverted from what Udoka did and the punishment meted, which I think is a conversation to be had, a suspension, why a suspension, why why not a firing? That you can get into. That we know, that's real. But they diverted it from all that to how the story became public and who was victimized or hurt the most by that happening and how did it happen stop it if there was something to be debated it was the reporting of the story there were too many unknowns for the story itself to be a topic for debate that's why i admired the position and i'm not just uh, blown smoke Uh, my employer fs1 fox sports took on this subject was which was that we weren't going to write about what did or didn't happen we weren't going to get into the salacious details but we're going to look at the fallout for the Celtics and their title hopes with Ime not being their coach this season and Joe Mazzulla stepping in that to me was the responsible way to handle it questions about racism we dragged into the conversation as well, as they seemingly are with everything that we talk about. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great... Help divert five million dollars along with the Governor of Mississippi uh, help divert five million dollars in welfare money designated to assist poor citizens of Mississippi and use that five million dollars to build instead a volleyball stadium at the University of Southern Mississippi, where far's daughter happens to play volleyball. The suggestion was that the focus was far more intense on Odoka because he's black, and Favre received less attention and excoriation because he's white. And I say, nonsense. I can give you a half dozen reasons why the Odoka story was more captivating, and it wasn't because a racist media had an agenda. The Odoka story is simply more sensational and TV-friendly. Let's not forget where this is being where the 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 popularity or the attention to this story came from. The actors and the events are all easily identifiable. You've got the Celtics, Udoka, a woman, a mysterious woman. Favre doing something underhanded, considering his track record? Really not that surprising. The poor people of Mississippi are not readily identifiable. It's sad, but the truth is that's the difficulty in bringing attention to large masses of people that are not easily visible. And how do you put a face on the victim of all those people? You can't just put a number, 5 million. It does, that doesn't, doesn't resonate. It's not unlike the case of Stephen Bannon misusing funds he gathered purportedly to build a wall on our southern border. That story never gained traction to the level I think it should because we can't see the victims. Or we look at it and go, well, they were willing victims. In any case, we don't know who they are. And maybe most important, it's money. There are countless stories of funds being embezzled or stolen or misappropriated seemingly every day. So, we become kind of numb to all of that. It doesn't ring the bell. And it rarely becomes intense talk show fodder. Udoka, on the other hand, was a heroic figure. A steely-eyed first-year coach from the Greg Popovich San Antonio Spurs coaching tree who had just led a historic franchise To the finals, while Favre was, what, chilling for copperfit because of his achy joints? Udoka's was a shocking and unexpected fall from grace. Udoka wasn't the topic of conversation because he was black. He was the topic because he was revered. Very few people know much about or care about the women's volleyball team at the University of Southern Mississippi. I I hate to say it, but I don't know how many people care that Mississippi is the poorest state in the nation. But there are plenty of people who care deeply about the Boston Celtics, especially with their attempt to return to the finals just about to begin. Now, about Ben Simmons and his comments on J.J. Redick. I listened to the entire podcast I probably would have anyway because it was the first time that Ben has talked about a number of subjects since he refu- refused to play for the Philadelphia 76ers and was traded to the Brooklyn Nets and I like the podcast I didn't I I subscribe to it I don't listen to every episode but I think it's a terrific podcast I love the banter that JJ and his co-host Tommy Alter have and he has some great guests um but in any case In this particular episode, Ben said, not only said that he didn't drop off the group chat, the team group chat that I mentioned, he said there was no team chat. He said he checked with Patty Mills if he missed something, and Mills told him he hadn't. Now, JJ threw in, in the course of their conversation, that my report came out of left field, seeing, as I mentioned it, months after the Nets were eliminated, from the playoffs in game four and JJ is right in that regard it did come out of left field I wasn't actually looking for that bit of information I was told about it while trying to find out why Kevin Durant asked the Nets to trade him what was the genesis of that what was the impetus and that's when I was told why he lost faith in Simmons and wasn't interested in staying to play with him and it made sense first of all simmons has a track record of ghosting people or not being communicative he admitted it himself on the podcast how many times he thought about you know i thought i should call that person i thought i should dm that person or i thought i should text that person including me thought he should do that and with each one he said yeah but i didn't so Um, And Simmons wasn't even on the bench for Game 4. And J.J. didn't bother asking why he wasn't. He simply took on faith that what Simmons said about the group chat was true. I find it notable that no other net has come out publicly and disputed my report. Again, I shouldn't say report. My reported rumor. Let's put it in that category particularly Durant, who is quick to denounce false information of any kind. For what it's worth, I didn't mention the group chat incident as a criticism of Simmons, but simply as evidence that for Durant and Simmons to play together, some fence mending appeared to be necessary. As I said, I also found it interesting that Simmons said he thought about reaching out to me, but he didn't. And he mentioned several other instances where he thought about reaching out to various people, but didn't. And in doing so, he portrayed himself as a victim of relentless innuendo and falsehoods by me, the 76ers, Stephen A., and others. Stephen A. falsely, apparently, questioned his back issues. And Ben went into great detail on the podcast about just how bad his back was, how it happened, etc. Here's my issue with all of this. Oh, and the Sixers failed to take his mental health issues seriously. He accused him of that too. He thought about responding to all of us apparently, but never did. When you are not uh, communicative and when there are a lot of questionable things that happen around you, uncertainties about you have people speaking coming forth and speaking uh his old coach brett brown i want him to shoot threes during the game and ben doesn't but he doesn't explain why never explaining why for curious behavior then you're going to have questions arise people are going when when someone hears something that sounds questionable they're going to attach it to you that's just life if you're not explaining yourself generally things gravitate to the negative negative. and as I said I wasn't looking for that information but when it was said and when it was said in context with this is why Durant isn't willing to stick around and see exactly how good he and kyrie and ben could be it made sense to me my general impression of ben from the from the podcast is that he's a very personable likable dude not particularly dedicated to making the most of his gifts gifts as a basketball player he basically admitted that he wasn't particularly focused on trying to win or develop his game or get an education During his one year at LSU, he spent his year there because it was a great football school and had great weather. The only point that he wanted to emphasize is that he did not get paid to go there. He talked around why he has never developed a jumper or refused to shoot threes with the Sixers. kind of became a jokey conversation between him and J.J. He wasn't asked at all about his relationship with Joel Embiid. And he wasn't asked about KD and Kyrie's desire to be traded at one point or his current relationship with them. Now, I wasn't expecting JJ and Tommy Alter to ask him hard-hitting questions or hold his feet to the fire about discrepancies in his version of events and what others have said or has been reported. But I also didn't take it as an accurate representation of what has happened with Ben over the last few years, group chat and other things included, or where things stand as they are now. It was his version, his perspective, and he's entitled to it, as I am to mine. Now, my source didn't have any reason to lie, and I certainly don't either. Whether Ben was on the chat or not in the chat, whether he dropped off, I, I don't care. I don't care. Just know that over my 30 years of covering the league, I have had players deny publicly something that they told me directly. Not many, but a couple. And the truth eventually came to light. And as of right now, I have no reason to believe that that won't happen in this case as well. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United Wecast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I am headed out of the country for a couple days, so I don't know if I'm going to get another episode in until I return to Stateside. So it may be a full week before the next episode drops. I'm trying to get them out every three or four days. I will be doing that once we get to the season. Once we start playing games. That is the objective. And perhaps we'll even get specific days that they are dropping. Because I know that's more convenient for all of my listeners. So stay tuned. Hopefully I will get something out in the next couple days. But if I don't, it could be a full week. But I will drop it as soon as I get stateside. In the meantime, as always... Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince.